Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Well, welcome back to the Equip You and Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And today we're going to talk about something that has been on my mind for a good bit here, and it's it's helping students with questions about the Bible. We've been talking about you know the doctrine of Scripture now for a good while. Where, as I've mentioned before, we're going to continue talking about the doctrine of Scripture. And, uh, but you know what, uh, growing up in Seattle, especially probably around my senior year, I, I started having friends come back to, you know, the high school group where we're in now, keep in mind, this is, you know, uh, 2000, 1999, 2000, I graduated high school in, in 2000. I, I am 41 for those of you that wonder, but here's the point. As I as I noticed people coming back and and friends coming back from school, I, I started to notice, especially my friends from Bible college, they had questions about the Bible, and these were the kind of questions where they were asking and they were doubting the Bible. They were doubting the reliability. They were doubting the the trustworthiness of the Bible. Now I grew up in a in a church that wasn't very typical. I mean by that. The youth group, the the past, the youth pastor preached expository sermons. We learned uh, systematic theology in um, high school youth group. That that's not your standard uh, youth group, and I've I've learned that over the years. And I also developed a very strong love from freshman year on of high school uh, of theology, and so. Um, I've seen a lot of things in, especially now in over 20 years of a very public ministry inside the church, outside of it. I've seen many students, uh, college students, high school students, even adults struggle with this issue. Questions about the Bible. You know, uh, in the introduction to my new book, The Word Matters, I talk about this very matter. And it, what's what's the what becomes the issue isn't wrestling with the Bible, believing that it is true, believing that it is sufficient, believing that it is enough for our lives and it's binding on our lives. But many people come to the Bible to do something to do the opposite of that. They come to do gymnastics with the Bible. They want to do away with the passages that speak about gender and sexuality. They want to do away with passages that speak about sin and, and even salvation and more. But the, the problem becomes, if you take out one part of the Bible or one aspect of the teaching of the Bible, uh, you might as well do away with the whole. The Bible is consistent and it's coherent. Behind the Bible is God himself. God is holy. He is just. He is perfect. He is good. 
He is loving, and all of those things, Titus 1-2 very clearly tells us that God never lies. And you know what? 2 Corinthians 1-20 tells us that all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. What this means is that behind the Bible is the character of God. And so we can trust God. We can wrestle with the Bible. We can take our hard questions to the to the Bible. We can engage in in sound uh, biblical interpretation because we believe the Bible. And in fact, that's the reason that we're going to wrestle with the text because you know what? Even Peter, that great apostle in 2 Peter said that some of the things that Paul said were difficult to understand. And remember, Peter is an apostle. And so just because you're wrestling and you you might struggle with a, a, a variety or maybe one or more uh, theological topics doesn't mean you're any more or less a Christian. What becomes an issue is if you come to the Bible to cast doubt on it and to, and to lay over your, your meaning on top of the Bible. That's eisegesis. You don't want to do eisegesis, okay? You want to do exegesis. You want to explain what the text means and and what it means. Yeah, what it means, not only to us, but also especially to the original audience. You want to engage it at its context. You want to engage it for what it's worth. And so as we come to talk about questions, even I need to say this, many, many evangelicals, many Protestants, perhaps even many of you listening to this show, when I talk about questions, you might be like, uh-oh, Dave went weird on us, okay? Well, maybe I am weird, but you know what? Here's the thing. Asking good questions is not a bad thing. But I do need to add a caveat. Because I understand, you know, in the, in the, in the late 90s, in the early 2000s, there was a movement that questioned that, that wanted to ask questions to engage in discipleship with people, this movement is called the Emerging Church. And this even that larger conversation grew out of the seeker-sensitive movement, uh, which, you know, that, that whole thing is a whole other subject. But the point is, is that the Emerging Church wanted to have a question about how to reach disciples, how to make disciples. And where that conversation ended up was, uh, Brian McLaren declared a moratorium on talking about homosexuality for five years, and then he came out in support of homosexuality uh, and against biblical marriage. Now, where we go with that conversation is that conversation has continued. Many people don't understand that the emerging church conversation is not over. It has folded in again to another movement, the so-called progressive Christian movement. Now with the Enneagram and yoga and everything quote-unquote Christian before it, but that's not Christianity. As Jay Gresham Machen said, and we're going to talk about this here uh, in, in, in a couple episodes, we're going to talk about progressive Christianity, where it came from and everything, and it's going to blow your mind. We've been getting there and talking about it. But here's the thing. J. Gresham Machen, in 1920, 1920, wrote a book called Christianity and Liberalism. If you've never read that book, let me go ahead and just say, 
You need to go get yourself a copy wherever books are sold. And whether you don't like Amazon, it is available on Amazon. Christian Books, uh, Westminster Bookstore has it. Reformation Heritage has it. Get your cop, get yourself a copy of Christianity and Liberalism by J. Gresham Machen, because he calls he calls quote unquote progressive Christianity another religion. That's exactly. But what do they want to do? They want you not to come to the Bible with full confidence in the Word of God as the Word of God as as reliable and trustworthy without error, without the possibility of error. Uh, not as sufficient, not as clear. They they want you to come to the Bible to supposedly, here's the argument, use your reason to do away with the Bible. But remember, God gave us the ability to reason. He gave us this ability to think. And so as we wrestle with questions, we don't wrestle with with questions and doubts apart from the Bible or even apart from confidence in the reliability and the trustworthiness of the Bible, we wrestle with the text of Scripture with, the full, with full confidence in the Bible. And this is so important because when you, when you are dealing with apparent or alleged or paradoxes in the Bible, if you come and you don't understand the context you're always going to get the wrong meaning. You're always going to get the wrong interpretation. The text means what it means. The only question is, do you believe the text? Or are you going to be like many people today and and seek to redefine the text? Or in the case of the Jehovah's Witness and the Mormons, you're just going to retranslate the Bible because you don't like what it has to say. Or even the Passion Translation, you're just going to retranslate the Bible to give it a meaning that it doesn't support at all. But that reveals something about the Bible, your belief about the Bible. It reveals that you do not believe the Bible. Okay, let's be clear about that. I know that it's I know that when I say that, that upsets some of you. I know that you don't like when when things are are pushed logically and, and pushed forward in, in a in an argument. I understand that. But but we have to be honest and we have to be truthful. Christians are commanded in Ephesians 4.15 to speak the truth in love. This is not a matter of me being against anybody. It's not. This is a matter of the truth. The only way to know God is as revealed in the Word of God. The only way to know the person and the work of Jesus Christ is to know Him as He's revealed in the Word of God. The only way to know who we really are as human beings, made in the image and likeness of God, and yet fallen and in need of redemption, is revealed in the Word of God. And I could go on and on for this whole episode on just that point alone. But the point is, you need to you need to ask good questions of the text. You need to learn to engage in sound hermeneutics, sound biblical interpretation as as we've talked about. If you haven't gone back and listened to to some of those previous episodes, I want to encourage you to do that after this one because it's really really important to do that. And as you're wrestling with the text, you're not you're doing so with full faith and full confidence. There are good resources out there to answer any supposed Bible contradictions. There's a great book by a British scholar 
Uh, I recommend all of his work, F.F. Bruce. He is phenomenal, phenomenal Bible commentator. Uh, I, I want to encourage you. I get into Bible contradictions in my book, uh, The Word Matters, Defending the Bible Against the Spirit of the Age. And the Bible is, we have to understand, the Bible is clear, meaning that the Bible has a clear meaning. And so all of these, all of these supposed uh, Bible contradictions or paradoxes, however you want to describe them, they can all be answered, and they all have been answered, and they continue to be answered. The third thing, get plugged in and get involved in a local church where the Word of God is preached verse by verse, and where people love one another with the love of Jesus. You know, it's great to be involved in a church where the Bible is preached verse by verse. But if you're looking for a church, don't just look for a church where the Bible is preached verse by verse, because that should produce a kind of culture in that church family where people love one another, where where transparency is valued, where honesty is valued, where where sin is called out and where accountability uh, thrives. Because this is what the Word does. It exposes the darkness. It exposes our sin. The Holy Spirit uses the Word to expose our sin, to lay it bare, and to convict us of it, and point us to Christ. And so a church where the Word is central, where the Word is is preached verse by verse, uh, that's going to be, a, should be a church where the people are repenting of sin, they're confessing it to the Lord, they're confessing their sin to one another, they're keeping short accounts uh, with one another, they're loving one another. Now, this doesn't mean, to clarify, because some of you might hear, well, that's the, that's the ideal church, right? That's the what Dave is talking about is the ideal church. That's not my church. Uh, and, and what I just want to clarify something. What you might have heard when I said that is, Dave, you're talking about the perfect church. No, I'm talking about the kind of church that where that local churches should be. Your church may not be, you know, your church might have expository preaching, but it may lack love. Well, that says something too. We, it starts with you and I, and it starts with, obviously, the elders of the church taking seriously the message that they're proclaiming and modeling. Now, pastors and elders are absolutely commanded, commanded to be examples to the flock. That, that, is, that is not even a controversial statement to say. It, it is all over the New Testament, okay? But here's the thing. We have to take ownership. What when we when we talk about this, we too often want to gloss over the fact about ourselves. Uh, John Flavel, that great Puritan uh, pastor theologian, once said that it's easier to decry uh, one sin or a thousand sins in somebody else than one of my own. Meaning that it's easier to look out and see the log in somebody else's own eye. Then the log in ours. And now Jesus tells us very clearly that, that we're to take the log out of our own eye. 
It's not first the other person's log that we need to take out. It's our own log. It's our own log. And so we need to deal with our own stuff first. We need to address our own selves. We need to examine ourselves in a in a Second Corinthians 10 way before the Lord and have the Lord convict us and show us where we're being selfish and prideful and arrogant and haughty against him. And we need to do it. First John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Now, our local churches should be a place of love because when the word is preached, uh, the spirit is going to work. And what does the spirit want to do? The spirit wants to produce the fruits of the spirit in our lives. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. If you've never read that, go and read it. But that's just my third point. Get plugged into a church where the word is preached verse by verse and where people are aiming to love one another and do life with one another. And there's going to be times when there's conflict and there's going to be times when things are said. And that's where we need to take the word to bear in each other's lives. First in my, in my heart, first in your heart, and then to take it to somebody else and, and say, you know what? Hey, um, I just wanted to share with you about this uh, because you said this and this is what the Bible says. And you begin, do you, do you agree or disagree? Or you, you begin to have a conversation and you begin to speak the truth and love with one another. So here's my fourth point. Read your Bible every day and read good, solid books on theology. Notice what I said first. Read your Bible daily. I, I cannot begin to stress this enough. And I know, I know I sound like a broken record on this point, but it is so important. We are facing distractions more than ever. Uh, we are facing issues more than ever from inside and outside the church. And you know what? We're talking about some of these things, uh, these issues. But that's, that's the point. You need to first be in your Bible. You need to read it personally. You need to study it. You need it personally. You need to memorize it personally. You need to meditate on it personally. Uh, you need to apply the word uh, to your life. If, if you need a good resource on this that's trustworthy, my first book is all on this, The Word Explored. I would encourage you to pick it up. It's available on Amazon, Westminster Books. And, um, oh, by the way, Exciting announcement, by the way, I forgot to mention, if you're listening to this or watching this, we now have a bookstore on Servants of Grace. So you go to the, go, if you're on, if you're on your phone, you can click on the menu and go to shop. If you're on your laptop or desktop, you can go to servantsofgrace.org and there at the top on the menu, you'll, you'll see shop. And you can just click on both of those books, uh, The Word Explored and The Word Matters, and you can order those. But but these books will help you to grow, not only in reading and studying your Bible, but doing life with the church. And it'll help you to understand how the, uh, the that's my first book. And the second book will help you to have a confidence that the Bible is reliable and trustworthy over and against the attacks on it in our day. And this is really, really important. Uh, I, I have been uh, told many times that one of the things that people appreciate about both books 
is that they're both grounded in the Bible. They they have tons of scripture, but they have tons of church history. And so so this is how this is this is really important. The books that you're reading, they should be grounded in scripture. They should be citing tons of scripture for you so that you can go and you can open up your Bible and even use the book that you're reading as kind of a devotional. Uh, too many books today, too many Christian books are full of the author's opinion and not enough of the scripture or even what the church has taught. So if you're writing, if you're podcasting, let that be a lesson to you. Make sure that your podcasts are full of scripture, that you're encouraging people to get in the Bible, to read it, to study, to meditate, uh, and all of that to do life with God's people. Because there's so much false teaching. There's so many issues in our day. We need to encourage people that that uh, with whatever influence the Lord has given to us to read their Bibles, to study, to meditate, to memorize it, and to do life with God's people. But we also need good books on theology. You know, those are why I mentioned two books. You know, the books that I, I interview authors on on this podcast, those would be good books to pick up. And, and to read and to consider and to study. And this brings me back to this brings me to my fifth point. Exercise discernment on the sermons, on the books, on the podcasts, on the articles you read. We just talked about discernment. First uh, Thessalonians 5:21, test all things, hold fast to what is good. If something doesn't make sense to you, if you're a student, whether you're a high school student or a college student, even if you're an adult, you know, this episode is geared towards students, but it, but it, you, 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 you might be an adult. You might be a pastor. You might be a, a Christian parent. Uh, ask that. Ask a trusted Bible teacher. Ask a pastor. I, I, I have been getting a lot of email and would you talk about this? Would you talk about that? And I'm like, whoa, you know, that's a really good point. I could do a whole episode on that. Uh, because it's such a good and pertinent question, and I appreciate that. L- keep keep that coming because those are the kind of things that you know. I, I don't want to just. I have lots of ideas for episodes. I, I am a contact guy. I don't have issues coming up with ideas, but I would love love to hear from from you guys who listen and watch this show. Uh, what issues are you struggling with? What issues are you wrestling with? Or maybe something stood out and you're like, hey, can you can you also address this? Uh, my email is dave at servantsofgrace.org. You can also go to servantsofgrace.org and click on the contact form. Those all come to me. I would love, love to hear from you. Okay? Don't hesitate to ask your question from a trusted Bible teacher or your pastor. Do it. And... And I want to say this because this sixth point, don't ignore your questions. You might think, you know what, I'm, I'm, being, I'm somehow being uh, more spiritual because I didn't ask somebody my question. Can I, can I just submit to you something for your consideration? I just want you to think about it. I want you to pray about it, okay? When you ignore your questions... You're not being intellectual. The Lord calls us in Matthew 22, 37 through 40. He commands us to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul. We're not obeying the Lord's command there if we ignore our questions. We're not loving him with all of our mind, the mind that he gave us. 
You see, as Christians, we have a long, we have a rich uh, tradition of solid biblical, theological answers from the Bible and the history of the church. There's nothing new under the sun, from issues on gender and sexuality to matters of how the Bible was put together and more. We have good answers in the Word of God. So you can take those answers. You can trust that when the Bible speaks, God is God is t- talking to you. Uh, if you want to read the Bible, open it. If you want to hear him speak out loud, read it out loud. God's Word is knowable. It's trustworthy. As I said, God is consistent and God is coherent, and he has revealed himself in the Word of God. Well, here's a point, number seven, that I'm going to spend a bit of time on, and it's this. If you are a parent of a high school or a college-age student, I want to encourage your high sc- you to encourage your high school or college student to get plugged into a group of peers, that means fellow Christians, to read and to study the Bible together. I want to also encourage you to encourage your high school or college-age students uh, to get to know more older seasoned men if they're a younger man and older ladies if they're a younger lady. Now, this is this what I just said there is Titus 2. It's Titus 2. You can go read it. There's nothing. It's how the church should function. Older men coming alongside younger men. Older women coming alongside younger, younger women. Now, let me be clear about something. You might think, well, I'm in, I'm in my... I'm a, I'm a young man in my, in my 20s. What can I do there? Uh, you can work with the teens. Uh, if you're a young man and you're in your 30s, your 40s, guess what? If you're in your 40s, start, start working with the guys in their 30s and their 20s. If you're in your 50s, you get it? 40, 30, 20, 60s, 50, 40, 30, 70s. Just, just work with all of them, okay? Same with the ladies. If you... Don't think that you can't have a voice in those who are younger or, or you don't have something to say. This is a special, let me tell you something. This is especially true for those of you, uh, I'm, I'm 40, I'm going to be 42 coming up. And this is so true because you know what? Kids now that have come through, teenagers that have come through high school, I don't understand all that they've, they've been going through. They've been totally educated in a totally different way. I've been out of high school now 20, 22 years. It's hard to believe. It seemed like just the other day I was walking down the aisle to receive uh, my high school diploma. I mean, it's been 10 years since I graduated seminary. I mean, time goes so fast. And for some of you, you're like, wow, that was... uh, you know, enlightening, but you know, that was 20, 30 years ago for me. So thank you, Dave, for that. But in all seriousness, here's the thing. We need to take seriously. If you're a grandparent, if you're an aunt, if you're an uncle, if you're in, you know, those kind of things, and uh, you need to take seriously the responsibility to be there, to be a godly influence on, on the generations and your family. You know, I don't have any greater responsibility than to love my wife, to shepherd her, to lead her in a manner that honors the Lord. I have I have no greater responsibility than to love my to love my sister-in-laws, to love my brother-in-law, 
to make sure that I love my mom and my dad well and honor them with, uh, you know, by by helping them. Uh, God has given me an ability and and uh, a ministry, and so I take that very seriously. I want you to know that because it's it's not just you know something that I do to talk behind a microphone. It's something that is very precious to me, but it's also become something that um, if it all went away, you know what? I wouldn't be devastated. There, there was a time in my life when I would have been devastated by it, but that time has come and gone. And the, the point here is, you know, we need, whether you're a parent or you're a grandparent or you're an aunt or you're an uncle, you need to invest in whatever capacity the Lord has given you, whatever education, whatever knowledge that you have. Uh, from scripture, from theology, from church history, you need to use it for God's glory. You do not have to be a seminary-educated person to be used by God. Uh, The question is, are you going to be humble and are you going to be teachable? Are you going to read? Are you going to study? Are you going to meditate? Are you going to memorize on the Bible? Are you going to do life with God's people? Are you going to be consistent where you go to church? Because I guarantee you, people are going to notice. And not only are they going to notice, but they're also going to see the difference. They're going to see you growing in Christ. They're going to see you growing in knowledge of the Word of God. They're going to see you growing in your theological understanding. Now, this is really, really important because you need to be able to have conversations with, with the younger generations. You may not understand all their lingo. Guess what? I don't. <laughs> Especially those that are coming out of high school and college. But the point is, is you need to sit down and you need to have conversations with them. This is why we need guys that are even in their early to mid-20s having conversations with guys that are coming out of high school or even in high school. And ladies, same thing. Those young ladies coming out of high school, they need you. Uh, even as a high school student, you're a high school student. You can have an impact on the on the on the kids in your in middle school that you interact with at, at church. You can you can show them what it means to be a, a high school student that loves the Lord, that that reads the Word, that loves the Word. You you can as a college student make an impact in high school and junior high by modeling what it means to be. A Christian college student who loves the Bible, that loves the local church, and and more. You know what? When I was in high school, I had that. There was lots of guys that were older than me from freshman year, from when I was a freshman in high school, and I saw how they loved the Lord, how they loved to go on missions trips, and I, I wanted that. I wanted to go on all the missions trips. I wanted to be around them. I wanted I wanted to 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 rub shoulders with them. Those are the kind of guys. If you're a guy, those are, and you're a high school student, those are the kind of high school students that you should be hanging out with. Not the cool and the hip kids, whatever. You know that they're not gonna they're not gonna help you grow in the grace of God. The cool and the hip kids, they're not. Take it from me. I know. Okay? I was there, I did that, they won't. It'll lead you away into rebellion. But those guys that love the word, that prioritize the word, that treasure the word, 
those are the kind of guys that, if you're a guy, those are the kind of guys you should be friends with. Those are the kind of guys that you should get to know. Those are the kind of guys that you should have lunch with and talk with. If you're a lady, same with the ladies. As a high school student, find those ladies that that are maybe a grade or two above you and get to know them. Same in college. Same in your professional career. If you find somebody that loves and prizes the Bible wherever you are, get to know them, learn from them, discover what it what it looks like for them to prioritize Christ in their job, in their school, in all of life. It's this is this is what it means to be a learner of Christ. We are to model Christ in all of life. And that doesn't apply just to your pastor. It applies to all of us. All of us are to be growing in Christ, and all of us are to be modeling Christ, the fruits of the Spirit. So guys, gals, parents, teachers, we have a responsibility. We need to help our students. We need to help our family members with their questions about the Bible. But we ourselves need to be helped by the Bible too. We ourselves need to read it, to study it, to meditate on it, to grow in it, so that we can grow in Christ-like character. There's no other way to grow in Christ, other than, and no other way to know Christ, to be clear, than as he's revealed in the Word of God. Well, guys, I want to thank you for listening or watching this episode of the Equipping and Grace podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, I just want to say thank you for listening or watching. But I also just want to say, would you please encourage your friends and family to subscribe on whatever whatever platforms they listen to podcasts. I, I really appreciate it. And thank you guys for listening or watching to this episode of Equip You and Grace. Until next Monday and Wednesday, may God bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.